Greetings, ladies and gents. It is Thursday, February 10th, 2022. This is the intraday version of Blues Views. Uh, a lot to get through today. Uh, I'm also super jammed up with administrative work for both of my new companies. Uh, so I didn't have a chance to go through too much of the research out there, but I did go through some. Let's dive right into the big number of the day, which was, of course, the CPI number. Uh, there were expectations out there going into the number that it might come in soft. It certainly did not do that. Uh, it came in very hot, highest rate year over year increase uh, in the CPI since 1982. Inflation, very much still a problem. I know there's a, a widespread expectation out there that, hey, we're at peak inflation. The problem is now in the past. We're going to decelerate rapidly from here. Given what's going on in commodities today, oil up 2.2%, copper up 2%, threatening to break out to new, uh, to, to fresh swing highs, cycle highs, excuse me, agriculture prices up across the board. Um, you know, given the fact that there has been a baseline shift in the calculation and CPI um, in favor of goods, um, commodities are going to be more important to watch than ever now. I, I I know that the comps get tougher and tougher as we move further and further into the year for inflation. It's going to be hard to see a meaningful deceleration unless commodity prices top out. It's just that simple. I forget the name of the guy. He was a Goldman Sachs uh, guy who uh, had a uh, tweeted something out the other day. It's been retweeted thousands of times. His comments were basically that there is a massive molecule shortage worldwide. Everyone is short of everything in terms of hard assets, uh, other than gold and silver, obviously, but agricultural, energy, um, base metals, there are supply shortages everywhere. The tailwinds for commodities remain extremely firm. The price action today, even in the face of a CPI number that is clearly moving the Fed uh, closer and closer to a 50 basis point hike in March. And I should point out that uh, the uh, the Fed funds futures are now pricing in a 50% chance of a 50 basis point hike next month. Uh, it's nice to see that the market is finally starting to wake up to what's going on. But the stock market continues to ignore a lot of this. We did have a big, we had a big front running move the last two days. I don't know if it was because people were expecting a soft CPI number or, or if they just were looking at this, and for months now, people have been looking at February as the peak. This will be the peak. Once February is out of the way, it's going to be nothing but clear sailing for inflation. Um, obviously, I think that's a reckless view. Uh, and again, just pointing to commodity prices, what's going on there. The dollar um, is getting, the dollar got a nice burst higher right after the number. And even though the 10-year has moved above 2%, the dollar is, you know, on these days where tech stocks, where the NASDAQ in particular, has been weak, uh, we've seen the dollar index also struggle. And I think this is largely a function of the fact that for really 22, 23 months now, foreigners uh, have been opting to use mega cap tech stocks instead of treasuries to sterilize US deficits. So it makes sense that as the NASDAQ suffers, uh, the dollar index should suffer as well. Um, the Dow futures and S&P futures actually went green on the day at one point earlier. Um, they are off the highs. Uh, the NASDAQ was down 2% after the CPI number. It's now down half a percent. There is just absolutely no fear out there. None. You look at SKU. SKU has just puked hugely the last 
four or five weeks. It is starting to bounce a little bit now. Volatility has gotten creamed. There's been a huge volatility crush. You look at the gap between the VIX and credit default swaps. Uh, you look at the gap between um, ten year, five and 10-year real yields and tech. None of it makes any sense at all. Now, it's easy. It's tempting to want to just say, well, all these guys out there buying stocks are just idiots. That's tempting, okay? Maybe there's some of that going on. Maybe they are just so reckless and so unable to resist the sound of Pavlov's bell that they just are going to continue to blindly buy every little dip, no matter what's going on in the real world. This has been an issue that bears have been dealing with ever since the pandemic first began, blind dip buying. Um, obviously, there's a ton of cash in the sidelines. Corporate, corporate desks are back in there buying back stocks. Uh, there are long-term tailwinds, Tina being another one, that are just not going to go away. But these massive gaps between real yields and the NASDAQ, between the VIX and credit default swaps, they are huge gaps. I do not think they're sustainable. I really feel like the bulls are whistling past the graveyard here. Now, that being said, looking at the chart of the NASDAQ, obviously those who follow the Blue Shirt Plus Twitter feed know that we have a very colorful, well-annotated chart of the NASDAQ. The bigger picture, what we're seeing right now is a series of lows, uh, lower highs, higher lows, uh, lower, lower highs. Basically, we have a, a pennant formation, a well-defined pennant formation forming. I tend to believe, and this has been how I felt about it for a couple of weeks now, I think we probably are going to remain inside that pennant formation until the next Fed meeting. It's it's possible that we extend the range to the upside. We might even extend, extend, the, range, extend the range to the downside a bit. But this is a classic, clear consolidation pattern. Typically, consolidation patterns resolve themselves in the direction of the primary trend. Now, obviously, we've been in a huge uptrend for a while. So, yeah, one could make the case that, oh, well, you know, this should resolve itself higher. We're still in a bull market. And it's true. We are in a bull market. That being said, the thrust that we saw in tech, the downward thrust was powerful. My inclination, just given what's going on in credit markets, what's going on with inflation, what's going on with earnings, uh, momentum, uh, and I think we're getting more and more susceptible to downwards earning, downward earnings revisions as the year goes on. Obviously, my bias is for a downward resolution. But again, the main point is simply that I think this is still a market that's probably going to cause max frustration for anyone that chases uh, at the periphery of this pennant. You know, we had a ton of people that chased stocks higher. They chased the NASDAQ all the way up to the 200-day moving average yesterday. They got absolutely crushed in the hour after the CPI number came out. Obviously, stocks have bounced very strongly since then. There are people in there buying at every key technical level. There are people there still selling at every key technical level. So just taking a big step back and looking at this from 10,000 feet, this has all the traits of a consolidation pattern. Uh, and I do think it's uh, likely to resolve itself downward as we move forward uh, over the next few weeks into the Fed meeting. Uh, as I mentioned before, Fed funds futures now pricing in a 50% chance of a 50 basis point move in March. The two-year yield is now up to 150. Shadow Fed funds rates have moved significantly higher. Uh, at this point, 
for the Fed to not go 50 next month, it would eliminate the tiny shred of credibility that it has left. So as I've been saying for weeks, and I'm going to reiterate it now, if we do not see a total crumbling in credit markets, if HYG stays above 80, if LQD stays above 115, and then on the equity side, if the S&P 500 stays above 3,500, I think the chances of a 50 basis point hike next month, they're getting closer and closer to a virtual lock. That is not a popular opinion. I've been trolled relentlessly for it by a lot of smart people too. I'm just going based on what I see out there. I'm going based on, I mean, th there's no question that the market thinks the Fed has no balls, none. I cannot even begin to tell you every single day on my public Twitter feed, I see permables talking smack about the Fed that they never, they'll never do it. They'll never hike. Maybe they'll hike once or twice. The market is telling you a very different story. And these permable types are whistling past the graveyard. I think it's going to cost them. As I said, I could see us extending the range higher. I could see us extending the range a little bit lower. But we now have, what, about four, four and a half weeks to go, five weeks to go before the next Fed meeting. We do have another CPI number out. If commodity prices remain firm the way they have been, and God forbid they start to really rocket higher. And it looks just technically like copper in particular has the potential here to really rip higher. Agriculture, the potential to really rip higher. Oil probably has the least upside of the three for the time being. But it's just very, very hard to see how inflation decelerates in any meaningful way until commodity prices roll over. And coming back to the tweet from that Goldman Sachs gentleman uh, the other day, there is a massive molecule shortage in the world. So the supply demand uh, issues remain firmly in favor of commodity bulls. Uh, one of the, a couple of other things I wanted to talk, touch on real quick before we leave you for the day. Um, the NASDAQ remains pretty well inside negative gamma land. So uh, just as I was talking about chasers being punished in negative gamma land, chasers in both directions are punished. Okay. Dealers have to chase. They have to manage their risk. They will continue to do so very aggressively in both directions while we remain in negative gamma land. Uh, the S&P actually dipped into positive gamma territory yesterday. It is back inside negative gamma territory now. So that's just going to act as an accelerant, a volatility accelerant. Um, let's see what else here. I think that's actually all I had. Oh, there was one other chart I wanted to highlight. <clears throat> Deutsche Bank, and I tweeted this out earlier. Deutsche Bank has a cool chart showing the market implied deceleration in CPI throughout the balance of the first half of the year. So they have February as the peak, seven point, this is 7.42. They must not have updated it yet. So 7.5% in February, falling to 7.3 in March, and then down to six and eventually five in June. The, despite the fact that the year-over-year the -year comps get really tough starting in Q2, Given what commodity prices are doing, given the fact that wages are still accelerating, given the fact that owner's equivalent rent is really only just starting to kick in, this looks to me like a very aggressive deceleration in inflation. Uh, as we've talked about before, there is, I, don't, I don't know of anyone who expects inflation to continue, excuse me, continue accelerating throughout this year. Everyone is expecting it to drop off. The question really has become, how quickly does it drop off? And right now, there are no signs anywhere 
that we should expect a rapid deceleration. So the market is completely ignoring what's going on with credit markets. Volatility markets are completely ignoring what's going on in credit markets. Um, and we have Fed funds futures sending a very clear message that 50 basis points have become even potentially at this point, even the favored outcome for the March meeting, and that we've got six or seven hikes coming this year. As long as risk assets continue to get recklessly bought on every dip the way they have been, it just makes it that much easier for the Fed to front end load these hikes. There is no reason, in my view, to not expect 100 basis points of tightening between now and mid-year. In fact, I think that's probably, I would put that at an 80 to 85% probability at this point. We have our red lines. We've said many times in the past, if HYG were to fall below 80, if LQD were to fall below 115, if the S&P were to fall below, I'm laughing saying if the S&P would fall below 3,500, just because we, I mean, the bears can't make any progress, even on a monster CPI number. It's really just, it's, it's crazy. But as long as none of those things happens, it leaves the Fed tons of flexibility room and it, it will allow them to be aggressive. It will allow them to play catch up. They are far, far behind. The Fed usually leads globally in terms of rate hiking cycles. They're usually the first one to start hiking and then everyone else follows. This time around, the Fed is a horrible laggard. Okay, Emerging markets have already started, started, they started tightening months ago. You've got the ECB and the BOE saying and doing very hawkish things. The Fed looks incredibly weak right now. And the price action in stocks confirms the fact that the market does not think that this Federal Reserve has the balls to do its job. We shall see. I will leave it at that for today. We will talk to you again tomorrow.